Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Let's roll. 19! Nice! Okay, so we start off with a battle which hasn't happened in a minute, and I was excited about it. Clearly so were they, because they were just jumping right in. I think everyone was pretty excited about it. Although I did appreciate Justin giving us a tiny little taste of what happened previously on, because it has been two weeks, and not all of us are able to jump back and listen to the previous episode right before listening to the current one. Sure. So I appreciated that. Yeah, Clint just giving a quick recap of the situation. The situation being that we find ourselves in a battle with animatronics <laughs> rogue animatronics uh robot unicorn how dare it finally turned on <laughs> a us. a giant robot unicorn no less was it giant i thought it was just regular type. i definitely wrote giant robot unicorn and i was not in a mindset to <laughs> so make in things heart. up in my heart it was a giant i certainly hoped it i might have made that up i don't know but robot unicorn absolutely yes for sure well and i'm i'm bummed this time that we didn't get to see you know we all live for clint's maps <laughs> on these episodes right and we didn't we weren't treated to those this time yeah i mean they're on the road um so i think they just didn't get to it or didn't have it on the computer at the time to be able yeah. to post it so i'm sure they'll post it eventually and i'm i'm, I I'm sure so. that clint is going to be laughing all the way to the bank when he gets a job as a graphic designer at some point in the future <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be on D&D edition 11 or whatever, something in the future, uh, doing maps. Well, and this map was moving? How was this map moving? <laughs> I would imagine whatever program he uses to build it, and then he sends that to the boys and it's sharing live. So I'm under the impression he was moving yeah, the chair. Yeah, um, there's an interactive map uh, program, like a freeware program. I think it's freeware for, for doing tabletop games. Um, which Griffin oh, has nice. played before, right. and I, it has kind of a generic name, so I can't remember it right now because I haven't had a chance to try it. Uh-uh. Um, but yeah, so I think he was moving it in um, their little battle battle map. I didn't know you could move things like while you were in the middle of the game, but it sounds like you can, judging by their screams. <laughs> right. The boys' frightened shouts lead me to believe it's supposed to be recreating the the idea of having that grid on your table that you were sharing with your friends as you play Dungeons and Dragons or Mm -hmm. whatever tabletop game. So I like it didn't dawn on me before, but then it it made total sense when he was moving them. I'm like, Oh, right. It makes sense that you Mm -hmm. would be able to move your characters, move your monsters, but it sounds like he's the one in control of that. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I loved it. Yeah. I I was a little bit bummed out that the cherubim were not like, for some reason super tiny like that they were regular baby size because he you know he says oh it's like buzzing like oh maybe it's killer bees and then we get to cherubs because you know obviously it's more slightly more biblical than bees i mean it could have been robo locus also that would have been that would have been an interesting battle but retcon make it robo locus (laughs) that does that would be really hard to fight i don't know but yeah, that, but this that's a cool a cool choice though. I love Remy reacting and saying that he can't that he can't punch a baby. <laughs> in the precious. I love that they kept referencing it too. Just like I can't punch it. Like, and then now I'm, I think I'm okay with punching it. Well, where are you going to punch it? I can't say. <laughs> Just so like mm, like. Yeah, and mm-hmm. we've talked about stuff we want as animatics before, and I definitely want Remy punching a 
robot baby, like maybe a little harder than necessary, <laughs> just like disappears into the sun, like that little sparkle, like an anime. <laughs> oh my yes. gosh. The total Team Rocket treatment. Yes. It, when Clint started describing that it was going to blow up, I was like, well, I mean, yeah, that's fun. But then when they decided, no, it just shoots far, way funnier. Mm-hmm. I was very happy that that was the decision that they went with. I was very happy to agree with him. It is funny when things blow up that definitely should not. Yes. Like a covered wagon blowing up. Hilarious. <laughs> Somebody crashing off of a skateboard and it just blows up. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Let's just name funny things that like shouldn't blow up, and then it's extra funny when they do. <laughs> I mean, you I drop think your we bowl hit of cereal, it explodes. Ones. Oh my god! No, you need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I I could do this all night. I got so That's my new show. <laughs> you broke your Dropping. sister now. I know exactly how to do it too. Oh, I'm god. I'm well trained in this. <laughs> So we'll bring right. it back. Uh, okay, so we had uh, the the robot unicorn. So mm-hmm. it's funny to me that Brittany imagined a giant robot unicorn and Anne pictured teeny robot babies. I, maybe things are like more threatening if they're a non normal size. I mean, it was already weird, anyways. Like you know, That's when do you true. see a Absolutely. unicorn and it's already a robot? But like somehow, if it's larger or smaller than it's supposed to be, like maybe you yeah. know somehow that's like more interesting. I figure if you're gonna do it do it like make it like big. overdo it yeah <laughs> i'm with you there um and then we had salome who <laughs> that name makes me laugh but uh <laughs> so she had this really interesting what were they called yeah, rumal and and i had to look rumal, i did have to look it. this up like I, I have heard i looked it up too. i've heard of the concept before but i i didn't know the word offhand and clearly clint did his homework so um, yeah. a rumal, it, it is actually a weighted scarf. Um, it, it, the origin was uh, the thugs in India, which was not, not thugs like they're thugs, except that's where the word came from. It was a, um, like uh, basically 14th century and onward Indian organized crime. And they had these, uh, these garments that they would tie a coin to one end, and then they would use it as a weapon to strangulate people. Uh, and presumably wow. take their money. Um, but yeah, so it, and it is a, it is, there are other martial arts that use a weapon that's pretty similar to that. There are people who still use weapons like that. I mean, for martial arts purposes, like not in the street, but um, I mean, you can right. do crazy stuff with those. Like you can wrap them around somebody's arm and like disarm them, get them to drop a weapon and pin their arms to their side. So sure. they're, they're pretty dangerous if you know how to use them. So it was a cool choice. And he made it sound like the weights on the end were much heavier and much larger than they would be. Yeah, under other it sounded like it was a little bit more lethal than just... Yeah, because it wasn't just fabric either. It was, you know, this crazy mesh. I think yeah. that Clint may have gotten the idea based on his theater background. So this weapon was used um, in the novel that uh, Phantom of the Opera is based on because okay, it was yeah. it was a thing that like French people knew about at the time um, in popular culture because they knew about these 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 roving bands of people in India for some reason I don't know so I'm wondering if maybe that's where he got it from that would be an interesting like you know because you wonder where where do you pull that from like what makes you think what kind right. of weapon would be cool mm-hmm. and it is certainly interesting yeah I mean you, you don't normally go around like attacking people with scarves so I mean <laughs> well maybe <laughs> maybe you don't. But yeah, thank you. Because I looked into it briefly, and I was also trying yeah. to like get ready to go to work. So <laughs> it was um, one of those like, "Ooh, this sounds really cool. This is a very interesting concept. I want to know more about it. 
let me open up a tab and then it stayed there while I continued. Yeah, to the videos mm-hmm. of people using my them makeup are pretty on. cool. Like it, it, they look they look surprisingly dangerous. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna look those up. My favorite part of the Rimal was when it um the one had a blade on the end of it and came out and just kind of snipped off a little of Remy's hair and he was very upset. They're like, no, it actually, it looks better. Like, oh, wow. So I'm just imagining like that shoujo kind of battle scene, battle scene, bing, bing, and then like shiny eyes, like he looks great. The slow down. He comes up looking better than ever. Of course. Well, and I even made a note for myself that says draw Remy with a notch in his hair because I draw Remy with this very sculpted kind of uh, the way his hair is cut. It's a little bit sculptural. So I was like, yeah, we'll mm-hmm. just add a, a little notch into it and it'll be cool looking. So there you go, canon. Make sure it looks good. Of course <laughs> it does. Okay, so back to the giant unicorn. Well, it's not a giant unicorn, though, because I, I have looked at my notes and it, Cardala at least calls it a little horse. And maybe it's oh, just yeah. insulting but or maybe she's, she's huge. In the unicorn. Right? How big is Cardala? We don't, we have not established how huge. I imagine she's like... Like, she's huge, but, like, like just a huge woman huge. Well, because, okay. Like, you would see her and you'd just be like, damn. You wouldn't be like, whoa. I'm jumping ahead. But when Goliath shows up. Yeah. I thought it, it kind of made it seem like they were equal to each other. Oh. Because he went and he's like, the only happen. thing he sees as a challenge is Cardala. Well, and I know Goliath is supposed to be 15 feet. I thought that was just because Remy and Nadia were both out the way immediately i mean that could be too it just seemed like she can't be that tall because she wouldn't fit in the skimmer i wouldn't think so i think maybe huge i mean huge like seven foot is huge yeah you know i mean and that's that's a realistic like i've seen seven foot tall women and they're Um, great you know and if she's like that tall which is a normal like human height it's just unusual Mm -hmm. and also you know like really powerful big woman yeah. I, I can see that as, I mean, that would be incredibly intimidating, especially since I think we've all sort of been picturing Irene as sort of, I think because yeah. of Justin's voice, like kind of petite and, um, you know, a short, like petite and kind of a little round and a little soft. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I think yeah, the short contrast. And, or, yeah, short and soft. Yeah. Versus tall and hard. <laughs> I just went to the McElroys and all their dick jokes right there. Sorry, friends. Of course you did. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Well, I did it. <laughs> but we, we narrowly avoided, almost avoided, veering into that territory. can't. And Brittany was like, I know this, and grabbed that steering wheel and just took us right <laughs> there. Hey, now, me, of, she says. But none of them made any... <laughs> there like were no in, <laughs> There were no inappropriate unicorn horn jokes in the course of this, which is very impressive, considering... <laughs> They've truly grown. Uh, But okay, so you are seeing her more as a gem fusion. Yes, actually, I wrote that. Like, in my head, she is Pearl and um, uh, Amethyst. She's... I can't remember what her fusion is. She's Opal. Yes. So, like, I see Opal, but then more dark skin, Mm. dark haired, you know, more of an Inupiat thing, so... So that is my head, like. Okay. But just yeah, just this gorgeous, huge, huge. That's what I want. <laughs> a giant woman. Yes. All please. we want to do is see her turn into a giant woman. <laughs> I would serenade her so hard with that. I'm gonna think that now every time. 
it is in this headcanon now that Remy has sung that to her. Or he will, because obviously he hasn't had a chance to hang out with just Irene again. Right. I do have a quick question about that, actually. Because we do see in these, uh, like, in the course of these fights, I mean, I guess I'm jumping ahead of myself. But we, we see Irene turn back into, or Cardala turn back into Irene. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then when she is with her teammates again, she turns back into Cardala. Can she not ever be Irene again if she's near both of them? I was wondering that too. And I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we don't... I think okay. so, because the card... I mean, I think the Cardala transformation is kind of in a different category than the other powers, but everybody else's powers, if they're near each other, they work all the time. So yeah. it's not like a turning them off and on thing, and I don't, I don't think that... Yeah, so I think Irene is just yeah i think she's unless she's separated from them I'm, I'm not sure that she can come back although i mean i think there was some discussion early on that made it sound like it might be a little more unpredictable than that um yeah so i hope know, so because i want these i want these three friends to like go to movies and like <laughs> and not be a giant woman you don't want cardala to- <laughs> why can't cardala go to movies listen no cardala can go for sure for sure i'm just saying if like if they're gonna go watch the royal tenenbaums <laughs> then, you know, Irene's going to want to watch it. That's fair. The next Wes Anderson, she wants to be involved. Mm-hmm. For sure. If we're going to watch Moonrise Kingdom, maybe that's a little bit more Irene and not so much Cardola. That's all I'm saying. Okay, that was my question. I could not remember if that had been established or not. Maybe, I wonder, like, my hope would it be, like, something like Imminent Threat or, I don't know, like, it's it yeah. is, it's not controllable but it is instinctual does that make sense okay yeah, yeah that could be cool that would be my idea cardell is gonna escape that irene prison that's right no yeah that makes sense oh so you know what was especially funny to me was when in a part that i'm sure everybody loved when the unicorn ran for cardella which immediately here we go uh when Justin makes it known he wants to tear the horn off. And Travis's reaction being, that's so mean. Says the boy who tore off every robot arm he could ever find in the balance arc, right? And you can't make the case that, well, it's a unicorn because it's still a robot. It just looks like a unicorn. Yeah. It was just very funny to me, him of all people, to be like, (gasps) how dare. It was was worth it. Maybe it's because it only has one of them. Robots all have at least two arms. <laughs> <laughs> he was double. He was double arm. He de- double disarming them though. He was doing both. He wasn't just he, taking one and leaving them one to like do their true. dishes. I mean, sometimes. <laughs> and even then, how do you hold the dish? <laughs> <laughs> dishes but was no. the most appropriate use I could think of for one hand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's lots of things you could do with one hand. Oh my god, <laughs> we already had to edit around some stuff, and here we go. Right, Brittany bus driver. Hey, you know what? And now they'll go never know what we had to edit. <laughs> hey, I, I have a one lane road, and we're going there. But no, I did think that was very funny, though. It is. It is a beautiful mental image of Cardala just gleefully laughing and stabbing, <laughs> like oh, ripping this, ripping this horn clean off of this very confused yeah. ro- robocorn is it a robocorn oh there you, you go know, yeah maybe let's just Unibot. play fast and loose with all the like different names for unicorns when it comes to the adventure zone i think that, <laughs> that, that should be a trend unicorn means one horn like that's <laughs> what it is 
So when they're saying, oh, because the horse, like, no, it's still time. a unicorn genetically. I'm like, it's a robot. Genetically. <laughs> well, and then, so even slightly previous to that, can someone explain to me how something with a horn on it runs to hit something without impaling it? What was... Without using the horn. Yeah. No, that was a surprising like, imagine, choice to me, too. Imagine, if you will, if you had a horn... On oh, the front yeah. of your face. I'm stabbing everybody. And you're trying to hit somebody. <laughs> like, you're, you're going after somebody. A number one. They're getting stabbed. Exactly. Like, I just, I don't, I, I want to know the basis behind that, that, that aside. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. And then lost the horn anyway. Sorry, friend. You can just see it very clearly. Cardella grabbing it and just ripping it off. And... When the when the role was successful, which P.S. sidebar, very funny that they kept getting just <laughs> terrible roles, mm-hmm. which made Cardala getting the successful role against <laughs> tearing off that unicorn horn quite uh, it, it felt triumphant versus say Remy losing his role against Salome catching him in the rumal and dragging him away and in that moment dawned on me that like I'd forgotten if she takes him and pulls him away that mm-hmm. they lose their powers like I had forgotten for a second right yeah same um, but I liked that even when Remy got pulled away which does I liked this because it harkened back to what you pointed out last time Brittany that Remy is always addressing a room or like an audience so as soon as he gets pulled away, his reaction <laughs> is to just shout bye to his friends as he's dragged <laughs> off. Well, and can I jump out of the fiction for a minute and just comment on Griffin's amazing mic work? Because it sounds like he's being pulled away. Yes. You don't have to imagine it. Like he gets himself <laughs> away from the mic. I'm trying to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm limited. We're getting a little um, bit of it. Yeah. And... Yeah, and you can totally tell. Like, and he does it all the time. Yeah. He's so very good at He's it. Very, very good. And I just, I very much appreciate it. So, thanks, Griffin, for pulling me right back into the story. Okay, go. I, I also, I love, I love the 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 picture of Nadia, and then suddenly Irene again, <laughs> just kind of standing there, staring at the woods, and Irene doesn't even know yeah. what's going on, which is another Poor thing we didn't know. She Irene. doesn't experience Cardala's. <laughs> And then, and then Nadia, the the genius in the group, tries to do an investigation <laughs> role and fails it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really, really bad. It was a negative three, I think. So complete and total failure. Um, but I have to give Travis credit for coming up with using science exclamation point uh, to yeah. try to reprogram one of the cherubs. <laughs> no, I loved that. That was yeah, because like Nadia's powers are gone, but she's not powerless. She's yeah. like, well, I know what to do in this situation. She does what she would do anyway mm-hmm. which is try to use science exclamation point and get one of these robot babies to help them i was i was a little bummed that, that didn't work yeah i like that idea <laughs> although I, I like it just waking up saying i woo woo and then dying again. <laughs> that was the perfect way to do it like if it wasn't gonna work that was the way to have it happen. especially for nadia too because that failure for her would be like oh, really <laughs> oh god of all things I, and I like that Griffin was immediately just like, well, just follow my screams. Like, that's, he's <laughs> not going to stop mm-hmm. shouting. He's going to just shout the whole time. As he was dragged to Mary, who we finally get to see. Who, was I the only one who completely forgot about her? I had 
no recollection of anything besides robots and that they were going to fight robots. <laughs> and so he's like calling for Mary. I'm like, who the hell is Mary? And I just, I realized I would be a horrible agent of any kind. Like, send me off on my mission. And if I have to sleep at any point, I will wake up and be like, and who? Where? What were we going? I don't know. There's a store. Wake up and be like, when am I going home? Right. Yeah. I remembered that there was a person in charge of the robots. Like, I remembered it was sort of a, like an ex-cadet. Who was the reason that they were there? I remembered vaguely who she was. On that point, Mary was brought up in episode two, in case other people forgot. Um, she uh, was one of the first people to get this this treatment, this, this imbued power. And it was believed by the Do Good Fellowship that in receiving her powers, that was what kind of set her off. And it kind of made her snap. And she just ran away. Which... We learn from her, because she says straight up that she was mad at the government. So that's her reasoning for why she kind of took the powers and turned and ran. But I would believe that they might be onto something, that she did get a little imbalanced when the powers were given to her, just because of how we see her in the ensuing battle that ends up happening. Yeah, she's not exactly coming across as the the picture of stability uh, when yeah. Remy, when Remy meets her. I mean, I think it's it's fairly For tense, sure. and he probably only is able to get her to talk the way that she does because he has a fairly successful empathy role, um, and that's sort of what he does is uh, is talk to people and get them to talk back. Um, yeah, which was really I liked that that back and forth. That was a cool cool scene for him yeah. to have and just kind of relating to her and trying to get her to chill out (laughs) and of course then having Irene show back up which I then he's excited to see Irene god Remy's just so cute he's the best I think he's a cinnamon roll he is a cinnamon roll which was a really cool moment too and that reminder that oh the three of them are close enough to each other again here comes Cardala (laughs) and I like that he did try to stop the fight from even happening and be like no 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 no, right i got this under control but that's not gonna work yeah and we have to give justin a bunch of credit at this point for coming in and doing the vocal work of irene being rather distressed and as she realizes that she's turning into cardala that was like right on the nose the first well presumably the first time i know they edit a little bit but it sure sounded like that was off the cuff and Mm -hmm. it was very oh yeah Mm -hmm. it sounded great so he tries to insists no 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 she's good she's cool i have it under control but of course that's not gonna work and we get our next fight and this fight has a little bit more weight on it than that first one with just the animatronics because now we're against the actual kind of puppet master here side note in episode two mary's powers were described as her being a human wi-fi network which that's dope but so we get Mm -hmm. into the second battle and this is where we're going to talk a bit more about the fate system because we we see it in action, obviously, in this episode. And I think it's it's one of those things where it was listening to them play it. I don't understand all the rules completely. Right. It makes 
sense, it's all just a little bit fuzzy because I'm not accustomed to it yet. Yeah, that's my feeling exactly. Is I'm I'm really interested in learning how to actually play it. I'd love to start a game with mm-hmm. it with someone who knows what they're doing and can teach me along. But until then, it's just going to be, yeah, me kind of struggling along to understand exactly what's going on. And and sadly, someone could explain it to me till they're blue in the face, and I won't get it until I play it. But <laughs> other people totally get it, such as our good friend Anne, who can read about it and get a rather good understanding, which I'm very jealous Anne, of. Do that you want to tell us about it till you're blue in the face? Yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> not that long. I don't. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it probably depends on what you guys were confused about. I mean, this is a hard episode, I think, be- even for them as players. I mean, you can tell that they're asking questions. There's some things yeah. that they're not as clear on because it's hard to learn a new game system really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the first time that they've been using. So there are four actions in Fate. Um, and we've seen, I think, all of them so far. Maybe, yeah, even Defend. So Overcome, Advantage, Attack, and Defend. So this is Attack. So in battle when you're taking an action against an opponent or an opponent's taking action against you. Um, and it's it's not really that different than D&D. It's just that um, right. some of the ways that you express your actions are different. So you still do a roll against, and your opponent does a roll. So Cardala rolls and then Goliath rolls. And um, the, the key point is the difference between those two rolls, like how many numbers uh, are between right. them. So that's when they're talking about shift, that's what they mean. So if, if the Goliath rolls a five and Cardala rolls three, then the shift is two. Um, and then you have some choices of how you deal with that difference. So there are different okay. things that you can add to your role to make it higher. Yeah. Other than just like built-in things about your character, like I'm proficient at the skill, so I get a bonus like in D&D um, where you add that number. But you can also um, invoke things invoke aspects like you could say well the goliath is on ice so i think my role should be one point higher because it's gonna the goliath is doesn't have good footing yeah Um, you can use so aspects are permanent they're about you know something about the environment something about the world something about you as a character that isn't going to change okay they also mentioned boosts and boosts are temporary so it's something that might happen you know in the course of uh in the course of some scenario um, that would temporarily give you an advantage. So you can use it on your next turn and you can only use it once, but you get a plus two on your roll. Okay. Um, and they do use some of those in this in this uh, fight as well. Um, although your attacker can use boost too. So, okay. Um, like well, if the, so like in the unicorn fight, it rams Cardala. It doesn't succeed, but it now knows, okay, well, that's not going to work. I know how strong she is. So in the next attack, it has a plus two. Thank you for explaining some of what you have explained. Um, and because that is kind of what I was taking away from this is that it felt a little bit more, I mean, to use a term that they would usually use when things were just going out of control, a little bit mm-hmm. Calvin ball esque in that, like, Oh, well the Goliath is on ice now. Therefore Nadia has an extra yeah. advantage to whatever she's about to do, which is different and not as like, hard in the paint as yes like this specific spell does this specific thing so it is a little bit more um player and creator generated which i think is really interesting and i think that that was where it is part of the fuzziness is coming off of dungeons and dragons where it is kind of set rules right i mean you can get a little creative with it 
Yeah, I mean, the, the whole goal of the fate system being different is so that you're not thinking about these rules and these yeah. equations and figuring this stuff out. That, that The goal is that you are justifying to the other players and to the GM yeah. what you want to do and why. So you notice that, like, a lot of times Clint was saying, well, what do you want to happen? So yes. the other thing is, like, if you if you have a shift that you can't counter, if somebody succeeds in an attack against you and you have those those two points of shift, you have to choose to accept them. But you have some control over over how that happens. So you have these boxes on your sheet that are called stress boxes. So when they're talking about taking a stress, right. you mark one of those boxes out. Yeah. And then you, you lose that for, for the course of that battle. They do come back. Okay. Or you can, it's an and or kind of thing. So you can also accept a consequence, which is like a mild injury. Usually, yeah. I mean, there are different degrees of consequences, including all the way up to extreme. But the only ones that we've dealt with so far are mild. Um, so that's the same kind of thing where it's like, okay, this is now temporarily an aspect of your character that the GM can use against you, that you can choose to invoke yourself if you can justify it. Um, So, I mean, like one of the examples is if you, you know, shoot the NPC in the leg, they, they take a consequence of, okay, well, they've been shot in the leg. You could use that in future against them of saying, I stamp on their leg that's already injured um, to get more success in the future. So it's, it's really all about, structuring something so that you can just justify what you want to do okay. and other people can say okay yeah that makes sense or no that doesn't make sense right they could kind of agree or counter which does make yeah. sense because even in the course of these fights you will hear them kind of checking with each other so that mm-hmm. makes more sense now in case anybody else was like us and it's a little unclear it's still a little bit staticky fuzzy so hopefully that helps out here's another thing that i think is really going to help because I listened to this episode twice, and Brag. I found myself, <laughs> I found myself in moments saying, "Oh, right," when they would discuss mechanics the first time, and then as they were, just, as I was listening the second time, it was a little bit clearer. And so I yeah. feel like, and the reason I was going, "Oh, right," is because I knew we, they had touched on all of these things before. I knew that they were things that had been discussed in earlier episodes. So I think once you can sit down and just marathon these five episodes, at least for me, I think it's going to be immediately more clear because then you won't have two weeks at a time between, oh, we discussed this aspect of the fate system and it's not going to come into play until four yeah, weeks from now. Right. Yeah. And that is, that is a hard way to experience it. But also I would, I would recommend that if you, if you really want to learn some more, the most helpful thing that I found was there's, a guy named uh, Red Dice Games on YouTube who has um, uh, a bunch of videos broken down by topic where he explains like every element. So if it's bothering you and you're like the person who needs to really grasp it, um, I found him very helpful. Cool. Very good. Thank you. Whenever I get internet here, we'll be great. (laughs) (laughs) So I love that in this fight with Mary in the Goliath armor this exosuit of goliath that she has that we get to see different facets of our heroes we get to well i guess irene happens before the fight Mm -hmm. with the goliath but it was nice (laughs) to see irene again i was happy in this episode to see irene once more Mm -hmm. and i like that we get to see nadia getting a little physical and remy getting a little technical Right. Yeah, and Cardala wasn't just using brute force in this fight either, because she uses her ice powers to, um, and that creates an advantage for everybody, not just Mm -hmm. just Cardala. So she's not she's not dumb. Say that's something I think I super appreciate when Remy like busts out his laptop. Yeah, I love that. Like he's got super jumping (laughs) ability. 
I am awful and only got to listen to it once. Uh, so I can't remember what his hands do. Super but punch. But when he gets to a point, he's like, ooh, I got it. And is this when he says, I have a cunning plan? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I want that phrase to come back big time. Like, I love I hope it does. <laughs> The real beauty of it was then Travis saying, somewhere, Nadia shivers. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Like, the whole scene was just perfect. But that phrase, a cunning plan, is so funny because it doesn't exist anymore in this world. I was like, let's bring it back. Like, I want to start saying it. But then a one his cunning plan bust out the laptop. He's like, hey, I'm going to basically shut off her Wi-Fi powers using actual technology and not anything super duper fancy i was like that's so great that it's i love it it just kind of points out yeah. that yeah superpowers are awesome but you as your own person is very cool as yeah. well like you got your yeah. own power and you can use it just you know pay attention to the situation and you're, you're gonna be golden yeah well and shout out to griffin for knowing all that information too yeah it's like i i do work in technology i'm not on that level like, it's, that's not really where I'm at. Um, but, like, I, I have a basic yeah. understanding. But, like, he works in video games and podcasting. Mm-hmm. And he's like, let me bust out this terminology for you. I'm like, good work, my friend. And you know a bunch yeah. of nerds are just like, yes. Like, so excited to right. have that kind of stuff brought up. <laughs> this is my time to shine. Right? <laughs> push up their glasses. The I am chat window oh, my is God. a great touch, too. So good. <laughs> just oh. typing low. <laughs> That that was on the heels of uh, that he made a land cafe reference earlier, so I think we're we're pretty sure that at some point in the past Remy was, oh, yeah. was hanging out in gaming cafes. <laughs> Remy, aka Griffin. <laughs> Where does one stop and the other begin? <laughs> Maybe with the jumping and the super punching. I mean, yeah, but no. I don't know. I have heard Griffin can jump eight. Vertical, wait, what did he say? <laughs> Eight vertical feet. <laughs> it was on his resume, so I believe it. <laughs> uh, well, he, he even one-ups himself on this strategy, because um, I, I love him saying that he wants to do another dumb thing. I'm like, Griffin, welcome <laughs> to being a player instead of a DM. Oh, <laughs> Getting excited about dumb things instead of wrecked by them. Um, <laughs> but he tries to, he tries to hack the, uh, tries to hack the Goliath. Oh, uh, yes. I guess it's just Goliath. Whatever. I was going to say, not the uh, Goliath. And just it makes it just... run into a wall <laughs> because his role is not successful enough so that's another like the faith system with negotiating that they come to the agreement that okay well yeah it's good enough that you can operate the legs yeah i'll give you but i much. love this confused robot just like randomly slamming into a wall, wall <laughs> mid-fight yeah the system seems so interesting i want to like i want to play i want this chance to kind of argue my way through a thing and not just like roll the dice now didn't happen like no but if this happens and if i use this and the whole he spent so many points to make sure something worked right yeah it's like betting high and yeah, hoping yeah, yeah. it's just gonna pay off mm-hmm. yeah that was pretty much his whole deck of things that he could uh expand to yeah get roll better and it made the story more interesting absolutely yeah. and i liked you know while he's doing this while we're seeing this tech side of Remy, then we're getting the hands-on from Nadia, who's, like, yeah. over it. She's going to go bust open the Goliath and try to get right to Mary. Mm-hmm. She doesn't seem like the sort of person who would just run at a robot with, yeah. with a crowbar. And, and, you know, especially with this slightly unstable person inside. Um, Certainly. I mean, that's that's definitely... So she said she doesn't rush in, but that's that's she fairly rushy. A little bit. A little certainly, bit. certainly proactive. Yeah. It's very proactive. Nadia does not rush in. 
but she also takes no shit. Yeah. She's going to get it done. Yeah. <laughs> and so I liked just the way that we're seeing Travis use her ability is really cool. And of course, we're going to wrap up in the next one. But I'm interested, even though it's going to be the last one of this mini arc, I'm still excited about it. I'm excited to see kind of what happens next. I'm excited to see yeah. what the king of the United States is. That was king bizarre. King of the United States. Yeah, so I'd like to point out that I said early on that I was a little concerned that this organization might be secretly a evil. A little evil. And I would like to point out you were right. that they there is no one, no one <laughs> nice is ever no. sitting alone in a dark room no. in a big chair under a spotlight. No. You know, just lounging. It's all very Dr. Doctor Claw, especially with this, like, slow cap- clapping thing yeah. um, mm-hmm. as they come in. I mean, this is... It, it, and I, for some reason, I'm picturing Jason Schwartzman. I don't I know why. I can get behind I know, this. Like, yeah. The Wes Anderson references earlier on got into my brain. But that's totally, like, immediately that was who I was picturing for this, the, the king the king of the USA. For Richard. your live action. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> live action casting. Fantasy casting. What do you call that? Fan cast? I, I genuinely... Fan cast. Fan cast, yeah. But this is a fan cast. No, it's fan this cast. This is also right. a fan cast. <laughs> Listen, what? nerd meeting. Everybody, wait, we're the gonna... fan cast is fan casting. We're going to destroy the internet. <laughs> it's all about to break down. Remy, can you help us? What was his name? Frederick? Franklin? Richard. Richard, shit. Richard? Oh, Richard, right. <laughs> They think maybe he's Ben Franklin, but his name is Richard. I think that's where my brain wanted to go. <laughs> it's it's Ben Franklin's been alive this whole time. That would have been an interesting twist, but mm-hmm. uh, kind of unlikely, I think. Mm-hmm. Very funny, though. I would have laughed a whole bunch. He could be a descendant. Could be Richard Franklin. That's true. Hold on. Richard? Poor Richard's Almanac, <laughs> written by Benjamin Franklin. <gasps> hey. Here we go. A fish on your head is bad after three days. I don't remember what it is, but I know a fish in three days are included. So naturally you jumped to I don't think it's on your head. It's like a guest in a fish must be gone after three days. (laughs) Then Brittany is a bridge version of the almanac. Uh, a bridge, it's just poor Dick's almanac. I can't say almanac. Oh, God. We need to end this now. I need Let's to get end it. Bed. Here, we'll end it with a bed. Here, we'll end it with a question. I only have one question. Oh, good. Who's your biggest crush? In, in life in general? Or well, in you this show? In this show, I guess. I guess. Are we talking like crush or like date worthy, though? Because I think those are two different things. Uh, that's a different discussion. Just your crush. Like, I'm crushing hard on Cardala. Isn't, isn't everybody? Up. I think everybody is. Every time she is mentioned, I like. I was going to yeah. say, my notes literally say, Remy and Nadia def have crushes on Cardala. I think Remy has a crush on everybody, <laughs> though. He just likes people. Like, he just has hard eyes constantly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And Nadia's the opposite. Uh, Nadia would be a difficult date, I imagine. That would, yes. be, that would probably be really awkward. <laughs> Unless you guys were like gonna watch the fly or something. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she's maybe she's super That's in love true. with Dick Goldblum because who isn't? Maybe I could see that, that. I could see some common ground there. Uh, just talking fair. about Jeff Goldblum. Listen, we can't get into this. I appreciate where you're coming from, <laughs> but I had a simple question: Who is your okay? Crush? Okay, I'm, all of us are crushing on Cardala, and she can crush us also. <laughs> <laughs> I'm true. crushing on Remy. Okay, that'll do it for us this week. <laughs> Who do you have a crush on? Get at us over on Twitter at Romancing Zone. I'm Mel Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Anchor. And we have been Romancing the Zone.